Alright guys, it's episode 10 of Short Side Wristers. I am No Sleeves 12 and on today's episode we are going to discuss the insane Capitals face-off esports qualifiers that happened on Saturday as well as the current skill gap in NHL and the differences that you're going to see at the elite level between Hut and Versus. Let's get right into it. Let's start with a recap of the Capitals face-off qualifiers that happened on Saturday. I commentated the later games. I did participate. I think I made it to the fifth round before losing to Fisher, the Sixes player. Uh, yeah, the talent in this event, because it was open to all of North America as well as the Europeans, I just could not compete at the level that some of the greats are at. So it was a great time playing. Uh, I think that the bracket was pretty well run. It was broken up into multiple brackets, eight to be exact, and uh, double elimination. So if you made it through all the way to the bracket, I believe there was two winner's brackets uh, representatives for that division as well as a loser bracket representative too. And, uh, and then it carried on to the top 32 remaining. Overall, it took a long time. I was streaming for almost 11 hours, and I, uh, or about 10 hours, I guess, the tournament lasted. So if you made it near the end, you were there for quite some time. Uh, that being said, uh, once I was eliminated, I started commenta um, doing commentary for some of the bigger matchups that were happening throughout the, throughout, uh, the tournament and Man, it was it was legit the most entertaining NHL I've watched. Like playing the game is one thing and it's fun and obviously a lot of people are like how can you watch NHL? It's so broken or it's slow, it's boring. Man, let me tell you, uh there's a, you can see on YouTube I uploaded the entire finals um of the winners bracket finals between Eki and Ekin. I'm not going to really go into too much detail on that one. Uh you need to go watch that. That was one of the best games I've ever seen played of NHL. Uh, I think that it's unfortunate that we don't have the replay of Gren and Padre, uh, specifically Game 1 of their series. Actually, both, to be honest with you. Uh, those were amazing at the Leafs event. It's just they we don't have replays of that, unfortunately. It wasn't broadcast, which is unfortunate. Uh, that being said, as I was watching, some of the big upsets throughout the tournament that I noticed, uh, one was uh, Way Up Gaming. Uh, Louie, he took out Nuge. Uh, I think that Nuge played really well. It seemed that uh, he controlled most of the play. Uh, unfortunately, he just couldn't bury. He seemed like he was looking for that perfect play uh, kind of situation. And uh, Louis took advantage, played a very, uh, you know, capitalized on uh, on what he needed to. And uh, he took out Nuge there. I don't know what round that was in, to be honest with you. It was before the round of 32, I know that. Um, Boosh made a great run. I think he's one of the more... Uh, less talked about elite players, to be honest with you. Maybe it's just because he's, you know, he's not a content creator and like that. But uh, he definitely reminded everyone that he is one of the better players. He made it all the way to the quarters of the loser bracket with Mivians. I believe it was the semifinals actually, before losing to Mivians. Mivians versus Regs one uh, was insane. If Boosh proved to everyone that you know he was still one of the better players, Regs put himself firmly on the map as possibly one of the best in North America. Uh, he took out Mivians in the winners or the top 32, I believe the second round of the top 32. Uh, I believe he won 6-3, and it was pure domination. And uh, he had Mivians on the ropes, and it was even what was better was that. Uh, um, Mivian's carried on into the loser's bracket, went on a little run, took out Boosh, and then faced Regs. And Regs 2 was a great game as well. Mivian's versus Regs 2 was a great game. But then we got into some of the best ones. Uh, JR Pens played 
uh, Josh Fearless, and it's good to see Josh make it this far again. I think that he was one of the more elite players that needed to show that he's still there. Obviously, everyone at the top knows that he's still one of the best players, but he hasn't really performed uh, as well as his, uh, you know, his play is. He's an extremely good player still, and uh, it was good to see him make it that far. He ended up losing to Regs to go on to play um, the loser of the winner bracket final, which was Ekin, who came out of nowhere. Like, I, if you were a European, obviously you knew of him, um, but I think everyone in North America he um, that that watches NHL and follows the top players that was eye opening. He put on an amazing performance, um, insanely creative with the puck. Some of the craziest L twos lived on the L two, and. Um, when it, when the beta comes, he's going to be a force, but thank God he's already qualified. So Eki and Ekin, both Euros, did take the two qualifying spots from the first Washington Capitals qualifier. There's three more, six more spots total that are freed up. And I think that if we're going to do some some predictions after watching uh, this this first weekend, I you have to think that Regs is going to win one of the six spots for sure. Mivian's played well. I'm starting to wonder if at the top end, because he uses hybrid controls, if it's starting to impact him because he can't make line changes. And you see him dominate everyone that he should dominate, and then he runs into, he always has one game in these tournaments where he goes up against one of the, you know, the elites, the top players, and he seems to just have a struggle game or, you know, he loses some confidence and then he's really impacted by it. But he still played very good, made it almost all the way to the end. Um, but I think that it, it may be hurting him because he can't make line changes, and at the top end, you need every advantage possible, and he just doesn't have it. It was sad to not have Gren in this tournament. Totally understand why he wasn't in it. Not going to get into that, but um, had he been in it, it would have been even better because this weekend, with the double eliminations, the top players really made it um, as far as they should outside of Padre. Um, he had a he had to face pens, I think, in the second round and took the loss there and then um, had to go on a loser's bracket run. But outside of that, there wasn't too many other huge upsets, um, but it was it was just a great overall event so far. And I was excited. Um, my play by play calling, I had a blast doing it. And I, thank you for everyone that stuck around and watched uh, and, you know, kind of gave me the shout outs and whatnot for it. I'm going to keep doing it every weekend with, uh, you know, the hopes that I get to do the LAN event if they do put together uh, some desk talent, which I heard that they are. So hopefully that does uh, pan out. But no, I'm just super looking forward to, you know, playing in it was fun. But watching the watching the games, if you are not a fan of NHL, watching NHL, um, I think that you just need to watch the game that I posted on YouTube. It was uh, it was incredible. It was dramatic. had great plays. The way that Eki, he hasn't lost a pro game for North American NHL esports yet since I don't even know. Like NHL 18, he ran the, he ran the table at the Gaming World Championships qualifier in Europe and then ran the table at the main event to win the 50 grand. And then this event was the first one since that had been including Europeans, and he didn't lose a game, but... He was down versus Ekin, and the adjustments he had to make was just is just another reason is why he's one of the best players, if not the best player, uh, in the world. So, um, all in all, great event, and I can't wait for next weekend. So, moving on, guys, let's talk about the current skill gap in NHL. I think before the beta and what the tuner that we have right now, uh, it definitely has the widest skill gap that we've had in quite some time. In NHL 18, the skill gap was very minimal. Um, because the, what the meta was was basically put 
um, everything on high aggressiveness as far as your defense goes. And because your defense would auto-play and auto-hold along the boards, um, you had very little time and space that was just unrealistic because the second that the AI got near the boards and you were near the boards, they would just auto-hold you. And basically, you could just sit in front of the net with a forward and nothing could get through. You'd cover the one-timer. They couldn't get a short-side wrister because it was always covered. And if they went down low, your AI would just hold them up. What they've done now in NHL 19, like I discussed before, was make it so the AI is basically useless when it comes to playing the puck. Um, so essentially what will happen is if you have your defense on high aggressiveness, that's fine, and they'll body you a little bit. You'll get some in incidental contact. Basically, you're just a guard. You're basically running picks because your AI will go near the player with the puck, but because they don't actually attack the puck... Um, it's very easy to hold and just circle around and buy time and create space now, especially if you're a good player, because the AI just simply isn't going to attack you um, attack you if you have the puck. So what it forces players to do is control the player closest to the puck carrier, and then it's basically a one-on-one. -on -one. So you'll see the inferior player end up making uh, maybe too aggressive of a move, and that's how the you know the guy will just skate out into the slot for a short side wrister that's wide open or or create an open lane for a one timer and i think that what we have now it's created such a large skill gap that at the elite level it's very very difficult to um beat anyone that is much better than you because eventually something's going to go in now you're obviously going to have ice tilt games or quotes ice tilt games um, where you're just dominating and um, you know something goes so you just can't get a goal and that that that'll happen but what I'm noticing from these tournaments at least the Leafs one and the uh, Washington one is that there isn't really anyone that is there that shouldn't be there um, I think with the gaming world championship last year how it was just best of one for nine rounds basically to make it to the regional qualifiers a lot of the um, amazing elite players just simply didn't make it because you know you have one bad game where your AI is doing everything and then you're just you know you're out of luck. What we have now is 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 much better, and I think because skating um, with the L two specifically in the spins or the the left trigger, um, if you're extremely good with it, it can give you a massive advantage. Um, specifically, someone like Nuge. Nuge is very good at holding and controlling the puck, using his L two and, and rotating around in the offensive zone and it's super hard to get someone back because once you're on your l2 uh, if you touch r1 and you're not hitting the puck first that's a penalty and that that's a good thing in my opinion and what we're going to get now when we go back to the beta tuner what you're going to notice is that everyone has is going to be good with the l2 because it gives you a slight speed burst um, or at least a boost of agility out of it and you know, R1, you basically can't touch R1 at all, and goalies were extremely overpowered, at least um, at least early on, because, again, in when it comes to Hut, uh, the, in, when it comes to comparing Hut and Versus, Hut, you have a lot of 90 overall um, uh, stat, stat cards, where there's shots all over 90. In Versus, you only have a few players on your team uh, that have that, so picking corners and, and one-timers and whatnot just aren't as effective as they are in Hut. So when you're talking about the skill gap at versus, it's even wider because, you know, you, you, you're going to have to fire you know, low shots, rebounds, work for the greasy goals. And, you know, that like that's something you're just going to have to rely on. Uh, I think after seeing the last few weekends, like with the Leafs event and the Washington Capitals event so far, I've now become a fan of this of this tuner.
Um, I love skating the way it is. Watching the elite players play at an elite level, they don't seem to have a problem with it. The reason why they're so elite is they've adjusted. And people that don't want to adjust because you're a casual NHL player or you're, you don't have the willingness to change your play style are the ones that blame EA for just making the game trash. And I think that that's unfortunate to see. I think it's the majority of it. Obviously, some players, there, there are problems with the game. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But when it goes back to the beta, I think it's going to be very different from people because you got to remember when the beta launched and everyone loved it, there was no ranking. You were playing anyone in any and from from anywhere, so it means that you could have been a very good player or even an average player and been matching up with a lot of inferior opponents, and not realizing that when now you have a rank and you have the beta playlist that you're going to be playing players around the same level of you with the same abilities now on the beta, you might not enjoy it nearly as much, um, and that's something to keep in mind when you're when you're going over and giving us feedback from the beta, but. Just by judging the last two events, the skill gap that has now in Versus is is very large. When it comes to HUD again, like I said, you can get bailed out by having a few extremely good cards because they can pick corners or, or that one-timer from the point is, is easy to go in. One-timers... It was weird to me. is weird to see in the, in the Caps event, so few players were using point shots and... It's, it's weird. When they did, it, it was really if they were firing top shelf or the far side, like you see in HUD a lot, I use it a ton. Um, they were just missing wide, and it's because of the accuracy totals that they have in versus. So, again, that'll be something fun to watch and see um, as, the, as the tuners get adjusted and going into NHL 20. The last thing I want to talk about is something that I've done differently in my YouTube videos this season as far as my how-tos and whatnot is, as well as my own gameplay, is that it's imperative that you adjust mid-game. You cannot have the same strat settings the entire time. Uh, there's going to come times where you're losing or the player that you're matched up against is just his playstyle is perfect to counter what you start with. And it, even the Caps event alone, what 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 Eki did versus Ekin when he was just getting dominated, really, uh, to the, the way that he changed his defense and the strats that he changed. Even when he got up, he adjusted. The second that he that he got up, he adjusted to a different strat set uh, to kind of counter what was going to come. And uh, it's just impressive to see. And after speaking with Garen and all the other top players that, that do adjust depending on who they're playing or how they're playing, it just it's just now imperative that that's what you do. It, the AI you control one of five guys on the ice, right? So there isn't going to come a time where you have one magical strat set that works every single time. And I think that learning what each one does is extremely beneficial to to every below average player, average player, elite player, and uh, it just it's just being shown more and more this season. So let's answer some comment questions from my last video where I discussed what I think should be included in NHL 20. Uh, this is from Matt York. They need to make defensemen better, talking about Hutton versus, I believe. That would eliminate the problem altogether. Why do so many D-men have such horrible shots? Not so much accuracy, but shot power. Even on higher-rated D-men have like 81-84 in shot power. And if you want a D-man with more than that, you'll be paying out the the bleep for him it's rubbish some of these d-men have the hardest shots in the nhl but in the game they have the weakest shots possible making d to d one timers completely useless couldn't agree more man uh like i said i'm one um someone who hates having forwards on defense and currently on my stacked hut team five of my d spots are forwards sorry four of them are forwards and it's solely because the d to d one timer is something i use quite a bit 
and um, having someone with a 93 overall card with an 87 shot accuracy just seems redundant when you can have a 91 forward that's faster and has a better shot. So I couldn't agree more. Uh, the Derg for Hut Market, FIFA Foot has an option. Check card price. It's so much easier to check and flip cards, obviously. This is referring to what I was mentioning, how you should be able to check the auction house uh, for a card no matter where you are in Hockey Ultimate Team. Currently, you have to go to My Collections, the team of that specific card, find the card, and then check the auction house. It's ridiculous to me that you can't go into My Collection and just see all of your cards, or if you win an auction... Um, or if you want to see a card that's in your roster currently and just click X or A and uh, check the auction house there, I agree. So guys, that does it for today. Again, like and subscribe if you want to support me and my channel. Uh, but yeah, that takes care of it. Uh, you can also listen to this if you're listening to this on YouTube. Uh, check out my Spotify. It should be. It does take a little bit longer to upload, but it will be up in the day every day now on Spotify for Short Side of Wristers, the podcast. So guys, thanks for listening. I'll see you guys tomorrow.